If you want me to read an ad for you or your business, just give me money. Okay, I will say how great your product is. I'll call you a humanitarian. This season, I'm looking to get sponsorship, which just helps take this podcast up another level. Uh, there's a couple of different ways you can do it and a couple of different ways you can reach out to me. So you can go to my email, which is uh, comediandayday, D-A-Y-D-A-Y at Gmail. Or you can reach out to me through my link tree, which is link tr.ee slash daypeacecomedy. Uh, anything is appreciated. Everything is appreciated. Don't forget to laugh today. Peace. What's good, people? Uh, today, I go back into the archive. I have an episode that I recorded in February with a gentleman by the name of Matt Weiss, who is fairly new to comedy. He's in his now second year, and we had this great conversation. Uh, I, he, he put me on a run of shows at his hometown in, in Iowa in December, and I met his mom and his dad, and his dad made us pancakes, and it was it was a really dope run for me. And I, it was during that time where we had more conversations. I got to know him a little bit better. Uh, this episode, I shortened it because we want to do short episodes this season. So I broke down this hour long conversation to about 15 minutes and we talk about him, uh, adopting, uh, or having six kids <laughs> and, uh, they're black and it's like, uh, definitely worth, uh, listening to as well as just his first year of comedy and, and how he's doing and what he, what he's looking for year two. So, uh, enjoy and more, more new episodes coming soon. So. I don't know how we met, right? Like I remember you being in the audience for one of the shows that I did. Was that the first time we met? Um, I think so. I'd, I'd seen you before and I, you're, you're on my list of people that I like to watch when, when I got a chance. Um, talk to me. Uh, your, your dad fed us pancakes. Like <laughs> there, there's so much to dap into. Uh, well, my name is Matt Weiss. I am over 40. I'm on the wrong side of 40. Um, just getting into comedy um late in life i don't know I, I i had some had some issues with courage and uh decided to take the long way around and now i'm i'm definitely taking advantage of all the opportunities that are in front of me um i've got uh let's see i've got six kids um damn none of them none of them biological um, <laughs> how, how how does one collect children that is not theirs by bi- biologically uh my my ex-wife and i were uh foster parents and we did that for just uh just about 10 years and so it's man it's it's hard to give them back once once they've been in your home and, <laughs> and also, so uh, is this a permanent option for this child and like, yes when when you made the decision to adopt where did that come from was that like hey we always wanted to do this or you saw Brad um, Angelina do it. <laughs> <You're> like, <"No." laughs> my uh, so a- Angie uh, Ange, Ange and I had both worked for um, both worked in human services, and we had worked in uh, residential treatment. So kids who had been uh, abused, neglected, kids who didn't have really a place to go, and and weren't able to be successful in in foster care, and so they ended up. Um, you know, on this, this kind of campus and, and 
these kids that we worked with were, I mean, they were good kids. They just had shit parents. And so we, uh, we had always talked, you know, this is before we were married, but we talked about how uh, we'd have a kid, you know, a kid or two, and then we'd, uh, uh, we'd look into adopting and then fostering. And, and so that was, that was always kind of the plan. But once we got married, um, we never ended up conceiving, you know, never, never had any luck. And so uh, we, we kind of switched the, switched the order. And so we did uh, a private adoption and then we got into foster care pretty much right after that. And uh, I, I don't know, it, it wasn't really a big deal to, to me where the, the kids came from They're I mean, they're mine. So. So a private adoption is like, Hey, let me, let me buy your kid. Is, is that, yeah. is that safe to say in a sense? Um, I, it's not how I phrase it, but I mean, yeah, kind of, it's, it's more the, the thing you see on like, uh, I don't know, the, the, the movie Juno, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you get a, you get somebody who's not in a position to parent and she looks through all these different profile books and, and decides who she wants to raise her kid. And so there's a, I'm not gonna lie to you. This is, it's kind of fucked up, but there's a lot of money that flies around in those situations. Um, I, I wouldn't do private adoption again. It's, it's kind of a, a mess, but uh, we ended up at the time, I think it was like 20 grand that we paid to the agency and you know, you pay for, you know, like the social workers and, and some of those other things, but um, no money ever goes directly between. Wow. Between, yeah. The, the birth parent and the uh, adoptive parent. Let's, let's, let's talk a little comedy, right? Um, cool. You said you had been doing comedy for, for a little over a year now. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it was this decision that came late in life. You say, um, but correct me if I'm wrong. Someone had mentioned it to you, right? Like, was it your ex-wife that sort of like you, you ran it by her and she, she sort of shot you down. Then you post something from 2014. I actually just, that. I just did. It came up in like my Facebook memories where, uh, we had gone to a stand-up show and somebody at the show, I don't even, I wish I could remember what show it was, but, um, somebody had mentioned they do open mics in town. And on the way home, I, I said, you know, hey, I should I should do that. What do you think? And and it, it wasn't uh, <laughs> I didn't get a lot of support, but uh, I ended up going to two of them and it was just, oh, man, it was it was such a bad experience that I, it was another seven years before I, I showed up to one again. It was wow. It was rough. I, I, I can relate. The first time I got on stage. It took me over a year before I got back on stage. And it wasn't like a horrible experience where I was like traumatized. It just, in my mind, and I'm assuming a lot of performers, like in your mind, you have an idea of how you think it should go. And when when you fall way short of that, you're like, this ain't for me. So, okay, so... What what so seven years go by, what gave you the courage to to get back on stage and give it uh, another go around? And now do you receive a lot more support because you know I've met your parents and they're supportive as hell. Like like oh, yeah. I, I can love they them. Are. So yeah. Um I think what, what got me is when when Teehees opened, I was there, I was there every weekend. I mean I was I was a fan. I, I was, I was at least one show a weekend. If there were, 
you know, two different shows on Saturday. I'd go to both of them. Um, that was my, that was my first day spot. And, uh, I, I caught some shit for that after the fact, but, um, and then I, I saw that they were doing the, the, the stand-up workshops and I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm at least going to try it. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm comfortable in this place. Uh, I feel like it's, you know, a good environment. I'm going to, I'm going to try it. And it, uh, it went a lot better than it did seven years ago. So what has been the reception of people in your life when you tell them, Hey, I'm, I've, I've been doing comedy for a year now. Yeah. I've had, a, I've had a couple people that were just like, well, what took you so long? And, you know, I mean, you've met my parents, they're, they're very supportive and, uh, I don't know. It's not that I didn't expect them to be. It's just that, man, they are like, they're all, my dad, especially is always asking me every time I talk to him on the phone, he's like, when's your next show? What do you got going on? How's this? How's that? And, um, I went, um, because again, this is something, you know, not having much time in the, in the game. Uh, I didn't know what was normal and what wasn't. And so I set up that, uh, I've got a, a show that I do in my hometown every, every couple months. And, you know, I've been doing that and, and people said, well, isn't that scary going back to your hometown in front of all those people, you know? And, and I was like, well, it wasn't scary until you just said it like that. Now it's kind of, it's kind of terrifying, but um, even back home, like everybody's super supportive and, and they, they tell me, you know, they can't wait for the next show. And, and so it's, uh, it's been a blast. I'm just kind of taking it as a, as the world's most like fun side gig, because, you know, I've got, I got kids at home. I can't, uh, my Fridays are, I always have kids on Fridays. So that makes it tough when, you know, half the dates are already cut off your calendar. So so right now I'm just kind of learning as much as I can. And, and I have to cut you off. Are, are you writing something right now? I hear like scribbling in the back. No, I think I'm just waving my hand around. <laughs> yeah, okay, like it's like hardcore. I feel like it was like you were writing a diary as you were speaking. So all I'm I was just tapping myself. It's <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I didn't want. No, you're good. I didn't want that to over like drown out what you were saying. So one of the first things that I maybe. I noticed <laughs> about about you as far as social media was that you're you have black kids like you like, like, <laughs> what? Was, like I don't see color I have yeah, no idea. Like, so how do you how do you deal with you know social and racial issues like is is there um like a, a convert conversation a a practice I you know, I, I have a nine-year-old, and up until you know a few weeks ago, I've never like sat down and talked to him about the N-word. You know, it's like it's a it's a word I know he's he's heard and I say and and you know, but we we had never like talked about it. like it, it had never yeah. been a conversation. And then um, you know, thank goodness, uh, <laughs> racist white white girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know put put together a, tic, a a snapchat video and it was it was a it was a really good opportunity to 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 have that type of dialogue well i remember my my daughter's 21 um and she's she's black and she had asked me when she was you know a younger teen she was like dad am i allowed to say the n-word and i'm like oh shit i am i am not the 
I have no idea. I would assume so, but <laughs> you know, like how messed up is it that somebody's asking me if they can say it? So I'm just like, just don't say it in front of your mom. <laughs> Uh, like some of the things that that I I try to do, I try to get, um, you know, as many, I don't know, subject matter experts when, when I'm having, you know, any kind of issue, I I make sure I have people in my life that, that I can go to, Um, you know, like one of my, uh, one of my kids is having, you know, a a skin thing, you know, happening like a little, um, you know, rough, rough spots. And, and so, you know, for stuff like that, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm going to reach out to, to people, you know, in that community and say, Hey, um, I need, I need to find a, a, a black dermatologist, you know, help me out. You know, what, who do you use? Who would you go to? What have you heard? Um, you know, we've got, uh, uh, oh man, my, my ex, she, she was, well, she still is, but she was, uh, she was very good about, um, you know, learning the how to do the kid's hair. I mean, she was, she was sewing in caps and doing weave and just, I, it blew me away. Some of the stuff that she taught herself how to do because she wanted the kids to, you know, uh, be able to have those options. And so, and you let her go um, away. What happened, Matt? <laughs> I, things happen. Uh, how long were you, how long were you, were you married? Um, about almost 15 years. Somewhere around okay. there. And are you one of those people that's like, I, I, I never want to get married again? Or are you like, I can't wait to walk down the aisle? Oh, man. I I don't know. At one point, I thought I, I kind of thought I would, assumed I would again. And now I'm, I'm I don't know. I, I don't know that it's necessarily something I uh, need to do again. I mean, I, I did that. I, you know. Got, got the t-shirt, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I need to do it again. I, I told somebody once though, I said, if I ever do get married again, I have like two requirements um, at the, uh, you know, at the reception, there needs to be like a taco truck and an ice cream truck. And there needs to be a band that that's it. I just want to have a party, so, but I think I could probably have a party without getting married. That seems like a better idea. I like that. <laughs> what is what's been your your favorite? Like, what's what's the best show that you had in your you know time of doing comedy? What what's that number one show that made you feel like a rock star that you just you think about when you masturbate? <laughs> you know, like what, what what's that show? I think about all of them when I masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a highlight reel, you know. Um, <laughs> I I've been doing a, a show at Teehees called the the Glory Hole, which you know as it's as you can tell by the name, it's it's Christian comedy. Um, no, it's 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 just late night dirty jokes, and I, I've had a couple of those that they were just such amazing shows, and and people were just on. Like the last one I had, uh, uh, there was a guy from Austin who who messaged me. His name is Jeffrey Eggleston. And I don't know how he heard about the show, but he found my email and said, Hey, can I be on this? And he sent me a, um, sent me a, his five. And, and I, I was like, well, he's good. But I don't really have room. And, and I said, well, let's, let's keep you on deck in case something happens with COVID. And, and, 
you know, he came up and brought his guitar and, and I said, ah, just, just show up. And, and he ended up just tearing the place down, you know? And so that last, uh, that last Gloriole show, we had a couple of people from uh, Kansas city come up and, and it was just, it was one of the best nights of my life. I think I probably only did like eight minutes tops, you know, at the top of the show, but everybody else, you know, brought it and it was just such good energy and, you know, so yeah, that I now I'm touching myself now. I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> What's the biggest challenge for you going into year number two? Um, imposter syndrome. You know, like I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to figure out if I'm actually funny. You know, because <laughs> um, I feel like you know, maybe sometimes, because I know I can put together a show. Like I, I've produced some, some very successful shows that have been very well received. And, and, but there's always that, that nagging part of me that says, are you funny or did you just put together a good show? You know? And, and, and so I'm, I'm working on that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to write a little more, uh, a little more clean material too, and, and take myself out of my comfort zone because you know, obviously the, the thing that I'm, I don't want to say best known for is, is again, it's, it's the, the late night, dirty comedy stuff. And, and I know that that, uh, doing only that, you know, limits some options and some opportunities. And so, um, you know, I've been trying to make a, a more of a focus at, at, uh, writing things that are a little more, uh, universal. So that's, that's what I'm working on going into year two. Des Moines, Iowa, how the fuck your spirit doing? And I can still remember my first winter in Minnesota. It was white as the eyes can see, and there was some snow there. You know what I'm saying? Hey, that was a comedy teaser for my second comedy album, Peace of Mind, Side B, which went number one on iTunes and Amazon.com for not only new comedy release album, but also bestseller. I'm a bestseller. Okay, it's crazy. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, please check it out. It is streaming on everything that you can think of, if, wherever you listen to your digital music. And if you still want to purchase the album, you can go through iTunes, Amazon, and also Bandcamp. Uh, please support me. And mama, I made it. <laughs> 